Well, good morning, everybody. It's still morning, is it? Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's great to uh, have you here this morning. I uh, just want to thank um, Pastor Enns and Pastor Poro for giving me the privilege to speak this morning. Um, I feel really blessed by doing that. Uh, as you hear from Enns, I, I am a mother, a mother of five. Uh, we have four children, I birthed four children. And then we, uh, at some stage, we started uh, our fostering season. And so we fostered many children and young people for many years. Uh, but we kept one. Um, <laughs> and here's our son, Cedric. And, um, and I always say we needed Cedric in our family. Yeah. He's, a, he's a son of another mother. But we needed Cedric to be yeah. in our family. And so um, I'm a grandmother of 11 uh, at the moment. I always say at the moment because I'm always expecting a few more. <laughs> so I'm really, really, really blessed. So this morning I did tell you a story when I was uh, about 12, 13 years old. Um, my mum said that I would, uh, would go to Germany um, with my neighbor, and my neighbor, she is uh, in her 80s, and she was a little bit handicapped, and so uh, she lived, we lived uh, on a block house, she lived on one side, and we, with nine of us, <laughs> lived on the other side. I always thought it was a wee bit unfair that she had a big house to herself, it was not big really, it was three bedroom, and we, the nine of us, lived also in the same size house, and our household was very busy. My dad ran a business uh, in his house, and it was just full on. Always people coming and going, and eating and drinking and sleeping. It was just we always had lots of people. Huh? Chaos. chaos sometimes. <laughs> Organized chaos, I would call it. And uh, so, as my uh, um, neighbour, she was slightly handicapped, so. Out of school, I sometimes just popped in and, and see if she needed to have any washing on the line or took the washing off, um, you know, because it was raining and, and so on. And so when my mum said uh, she wants you to come to Germany um, for an overnight trip, and I know this was quite a drive in the bus, uh, she wants you to come. And I thought, oh, why me? Why not my sister? My sister is five years older. And, and my sister, you know, she's very bubbly and she's always laughing and joking and smiling. Everybody loves my sister. She is just a beast. And I said, why would you not take her with her? No, no, mom, she wants you. Because you will care. You will care to get her out of the bus and in the bus and all of that. And so here it was. Um, 13 years old, in those days, I went overseas. Not really, because I lived in Holland, so we didn't go overseas, we border. <laughs> uh, and so I was the first one in my family who got some sort of, those days we had other papers in Europe, we had identity papers. And so I was the first one in my family who got an identity paper and was going to a different country. So I felt very, very special. I did, and I was chosen to go on this very special trip. And you know, when we are chosen for something in particular, it really does something in us. It, it really gives us a lift, and you think, oh, somebody has noticed, somebody has seen, 
And you know, we see that on Sundays when all those beautiful kids come up with their beautiful awards for, you know, for being kind and helpful or, you know, and it's just so beautiful. Don't you think it's beautiful when those young kids all come up? But it's also, you know, it's um, when we get chosen to, you know, the All Blacks get chosen and we're all waiting in anticipation. Who's going to be on the team? Not me, but others. Uh, Because it's wonderful to be chosen. It it does something. It gives you confidence to be chosen. And, you know, sometimes we, we are not chosen if that's how the world is. But this morning, you know, I want to encourage you, you are all chosen. Because we're going to go to, um, to John 15, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He was in his last days on earth, uh, and he already knew what was coming, and obviously the disciples didn't. But when you know that your time is you're in your last days, uh, you want to say everything what's important. Especially when, when parents and grandparents know that you know, they are sick and God is going to take them home soon. They want to say all these important things to them. You know, we love you, always loved you. You know, you're such a good kid and all the rest of it. But here is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And they've been hanging out with Jesus, you know, for at least three years. And this is what he said. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and to bear fruit, and fruit that will last. Oh, that was quite a big word. And obviously the disciples said, oh, yes, you did uh, chose us because you asked us to follow us. Remember, you know, he called each and every one by name and blah, 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 and, you know, to follow him for, for, those, for those three years. And they probably didn't realize what, what Jesus was actually saying to him. It probably became real when they had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, then we saw the disciples, they were just like different people. And they could not keep quiet about the works of Jesus. And so they were bringing uh, the good news to a lost and a broken world. You can hear all the exploits in the New Testament. They were amazing because they were chosen and they were appointed and also they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. We cannot do the work of God. And so, and that's why we still have church today because those 12 disciples they knew they were chosen. They, they grasped hold of it and they believed it. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit and the good news went out from all over the world because of them. And you think, um, well, um, was it only once that Jesus said that we are chosen? Well, no. When you read in Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, in him... We were chosen before the creation of the world. So it was not a random thing. God had it already in his mind that each and every one of us, that he would choose them and appoint them for such a time like this. I'm so glad I'm living this this century and not in the 300s or 
or in the first century or the second century. I'm just, I'm, you and me are born for such time like this. And when we read this in, um, in Isaiah, it says, that was, you know, long before. It says, from now on, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed you, and I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. He summoned you by name. It is not like, uh, hey, you, at the back, come here. Or, hey, you, come here. No. God is a very personal God. He calls us all by name. And maybe he has called you by name. And if you're here this morning and you're not sure that God has called you by name, then after, at the end of the service, we'll give an opportunity for you to respond to God because God wants everyone to come home. And so here we are. We are chosen and we are appointed and to bear much fruit. Well, fruit just doesn't come in one day. Who knows that? If you... We have planted so many fruit trees in our lifetime. Uh, every time we shift into a new house or a new place, the first thing we usually put is put some fruit trees in the, in the garden. And by the time we leave, there's just, just some fruit is coming on the tree. And then we move on again. But we keep planting trees. Anyway. So that brings me to the story in Luke 1. And um, you're probably all very familiar with this story. And I'll just um, do a few lines and then you will probably know where I'm at. It says, um, in the sixth month, God sent an angel, Gabriel, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin, Mary, Name was Mary. Yeah, I know, it's not Christmas, okay? <laughs> I'm very aware of that. So he said, greetings to you, you're highly favored, the Lord is with you. You know, sometimes we think we, when we are favored, that is quite a, you know, a kind of wishy-washy, uh, you know, flowery thing. But be highly favored by God is not that at all. When you are favored or when God's favored upon you, that is always for the purpose God doesn't favor you just because for you to look good. God favors you because he wants to do good through you. So here we are. And so Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greetings this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You will have found favor with God and you will be with child and give birth to a son and you'll give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God from the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. No wonder, she asked, how will this be? Wouldn't you? How will this be? Here is this young girl. She's probably, you know, so excited to getting married soon to Joseph, and you can only, the anticipation in her heart of any young who are getting married. How will this be? And then we find again the Holy Spirit 
That's where the Holy Spirit comes in again. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And here she is, a young woman. How are you going to explain that to your fiancé? Um, yeah, I was just doing the dust thing. And uh, yes, and then this angel arrived, and, and he said I was highly favored. And, uh, and he said, I will be with a child. And I mean, how, how do you explain that? It's, you can't, really. And so she was favored to carry Jesus, the Son of God. That was just out of this world. And we always look at Mary that, you know, she was very special. And, and she is, because only one woman could carry Jesus. But it doesn't say in the Bible she was highly favored, but she was just an ordinary girl. She was not a Leonard or, you know, from a whole rich family. We don't really know. But God favored her. And so she carried Jesus for those nine months. Today I want to challenge you that you're all carrying Jesus. You all will be able or willing to carry Jesus. That's why you are chosen. That's why you're appointed to carry Jesus to a lost and to a broken world. Because that's why Jesus came. That's why you accepted Jesus for your own life, yes. And you are blessed, but you need to be a blessing. You, you cannot stop not being a blessing to others. And bring Jesus to the people around you. Bring Jesus, carry Jesus into your marriage, into your family, into your workplace, into your school, in youth ministry, wherever you are or wherever God has placed you, that's where Jesus needs to be carried to. To a lost and a broken world. And what will be the win? Well, the win will be that people get to know Jesus and get saved. That is the win. That is the fruit. What else is the fruit? That people get healed and set free. That is a huge win. I'm very excited about it, as you can hear. Because it is just so, sometimes we don't know who we carry. It says in the Bible, the one who is in you is far greater than the one who's in the world. So sometimes we just need to be aware who we carry. You know, for, for, for some of us who have carried a child within, um, you know, you hold your hand on your tummy. and Some of you know. And it's just so precious, you know, to carry uh, your child. And uh, you want to protect it. And, uh, and it's painful sometimes when you carry a child. It's so painful. Who knows? Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. Oh, baby. Talk me about those swollen feet. <laughs> it is so uncomfortable because it has to make room. And so something has to go for, 
for the baby or for Christ to make room into your life. And it is you who protects it. And God watches over it. You know, and you, you carry it with, with, with all your might. And, um, and when you have children from another mother, you carry them too. I remember we had a little girl who's two staying with us, and obviously she was abused in every sense of the word and could, couldn't sleep at night and nightmares and all of that. And the only thing I could do, I would just pick her up at night. We had a long corridor, and I just carried her, singing in tongues over her and believing for God for this child to be free. And that's what, what Christ does in us. We need to carry Christ everywhere where we go. It's a beautiful fragrance of Christ that people can some smell for a mile, but we're not sharing it. That brings me to another story of a young girl. It's like a once upon a time story. It's about Esther. And if you know about Esther, that uh, Esther was an orphan. Her parents obviously had died at, at a young age, but her, uh, her uncle took care of her, took her as her own daughter, and, so, and they were in a foreign land. They were in exile. And so she grew up with her uncle. And the king at that time obviously had a beautiful queen, and he asked the queen to do something um, because they had a party, and... Um, and he wanted to show his queen off to all, mostly all men, and she decided not to come out. And so there was a big meeting of course with all the officials because how can you refuse the king? And so it was decided she was not going to be the queen anymore because of that. This meant that they put a, an email out to everybody especially families with young uh, virgins. You know, they had to be virgins. Evil went out to all the towns and cities and all of that for those young women to come to the palace. And, and they believed that uh, within all those young people, one would probably most likely could become the queen. And so Mordecai, that was her uncle's name, sent um, Esther also to the palace courts. Imagine, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Well, she had baths nearly for 12 months, special baths. Obviously, she was already pretty, but to make her even more beautiful. She had herb baths and oil baths and you name it, she had it. And then it was to wait if the, the king, if she would be called up to see the king. And so one day, you never know what goes through a young woman like that. She was called up to come and see the king. And as soon as the king, he sees her beauty, uh, he sees actually more than he has words to. And, uh, and he found her so favorable that uh, he decided there on the spot that Esther was the one. And so here is a, a girl who comes out of nowhere, it seems like it, and here she's presented to the king and she becomes the queen. And you think, well, all will be happy. But no, 
one of the officials, if you read the story, his name is Hainan, and he was a nasty man, nasty piece of work, I would say, and um, because he didn't like Mordecai, because Mordecai would not bow to him and honor him, and he knew that Mordecai was a Jew. So he talked to the king, and his, because he was so enraged with the situation, so annoyed with this person, he said, well, I'm going to wipe out the Jews in the country. And so he went to the king and presented it, obviously, in a very nice way. Uh, with other words, uh, can we please kill those Jews in our country? And so a decree went out, went to every town and city, everywhere, they all knew, if you were a Jew, that you were meant to, or you will be, uh, be killed, maybe at the end of the month. And so Mordecai heard, of course, about it. In some way, he made a way to make his uh, way to Esther. And so here we are in Esther. I'll just get it, because we just need to read it. And so this is what, what, he, um, what he said through Esther to Esther. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For you remain silent at this time, the relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish, and who knows that you have come to a royal position for such a time like this. And he said, you know, ask the, the king, for mercy, and for grace. And then she did a very wise thing. She sent the thing out through all her, her Jewish people to fast and pray for three days. That was the wisest thing she is, and petitioned by God. And here was this young woman who carried a nation in her and petitioned before God for her to be rescued, for her to be redeemed. Um, and for her people to be saved. And you know, after three days, uh, usually is even the, the queen was not just to step in into the courts of the king. And she said, um, if I perish, I perish. Most people would just die on the spot. They were killed on the spot. Because only the king called people to his courts. But she decided that she would see the king. And she said, if I die, I die. And so she walks up to the king, and the king has this beautiful favor upon her. You know, that is such a God thing. And he was kind to her and said, uh, what, what do you want? And so and she invites him for dinner, for tea. And she also invites uh, this nasty man to come, Haman, because he had no good in, uh, up his sleeves uh, for the next day. And so here she invites the king to her place to have dinner and Haman. And then the king asked her again, what was it that you want? Or how can I help you? You know, I can give you half of my kingdom. I mean, he was just so generous. He must have loved her so much. Not because she was so beautiful, but he loved her, what she carried. And then she told that it was Haman's idea to have the Jewish people killed. And she said, they are my people. And so in that moment, she stood up for her people, 
for her nation, for them to be rescued. And you know the story that all the decrees were all defaulted and whatnot, and the people, or the Jewish people, were rescued by just one young woman who believed that she was born for such time like this. And when I think of all of us, you know, you are born for such a time like this. Uh, you all live in Hamilton in this region for such a time like this. You know, you are chosen to carry Christ. I, I cannot be more passionate and moving about that, that there is just no time to waste and for you to, to carry Christ. And you know, um, when I was younger, as you heard, I was always uh, comparing myself to my sister because she, she looked so good and, she, and she, she was so good. She was just everything I wanted to be. And for a long time, I compared myself to her and to others. And I'll, I, I would say to God, I'll have what she's having. Can I have what, what she has? And never realized that God has chosen me how I am. And you know, it takes far harder work to, to copy somebody than actually being yourself and do what God has called you to do. As Pastor Ian said, you know, we are, God has called it, we are His workmanship because He has prepared good works for us in advance. So how can we step in somebody else's work? We need to stay in our own lane cheering up others on what they do and what God's doing in their lives but accepting that God has chosen you to carry Christ to a lost and a broken world and the wind will be that many people will come and see and know Jesus and accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior that is the huge one people. That's why we are, are Christians. And the one will be that they be free. So if we only could grasp hold and believe the truth that God has chosen you and me and he has appointed us, it just will change your thinking. It has mine. Mine has totally just changed God. God forgive me. You know, for comparing myself to others or, or, or want something that somebody else's have. Thank you, Father, that you made me. You know, and when we believe the truth, it is so freeing because the truth sets free. That is the thing. The truth sets free. It is wonderful because your life is not your own if you constantly believe what other people think of you. Because him who he says, I am. Amen.